one day, me and my kids, we were driving home and all of a sudden the car malfunctioned, like the computer in the car. And so every time I pressed the brake, the car accelerated. Welcome back to Drive With Us, a podcast where we bring on a new guest every episode to talk about the crazy things they experience on the road, who they are as drivers, and how they became the driver they are today. I'm Bhavneet. And I'm Taryn Jeet. Before we introduce our driver for today's episode, we actually have a couple of quick updates for you guys. Since next Thursday is the Thanksgiving holiday, we actually will not be releasing an episode next week. The next episode will release the following week on Thursday, December 3rd. Hey, it's me. (laughs) Here's my little plug again. The Family Friendly Podcast Awards are still open for nominations. So have you nominated anyone yet? And hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, us. (laughs) All of the above. Yeah. (laughs) So go to podcongo.com slash awards and nominate all your favorite family friendly podcasts. And If you have enjoyed our shows, you can nominate us for the Society and Culture category. We appreciate the support for us and all family-friendly content. So go nominate. And now into today's episode, our driver today is Tamika Thomas, a transparent author, speaker, life coach, and podcaster who is the host of Tuesday with Tamika podcast. And she has taken all her life experiences, turned them into treasures to show others how to overcome the most difficult time in your life. And today she shared with us a crazy but lessonable, I don't know if that's a word, she did turn lessonable? into a lesson. Lessonable? A lesson-able. <laughs> An able lesson? Yeah, she was able to make a lesson out of it. I don't know. A teachable? Yeah, teachable. That's the word. A lessonable? That's the word. Yeah, she shared with us a story about when her car malfunctioned, causing her brakes to act as the gas pedal. But going back, a a lesson in a bowl. Yes, a lesson (laughs) That's what we got. We able to lesson here. Let's get, no, no, let's get a, a lesson in a bowl from her story. Welcome, Tamika, to Drive With Us. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I count it an honor and a privilege. We feel honored that you chose to join us today. One of the first things we love starting off our show with is sharing the crazy and wild stories. So what would you say is one of your most craziest driving stories? Yeah, so I mean, I have so many crazy driving um, stories. I just believe that Sometimes driving is like a metaphor for kind of like how our life is going. So I believe one of my craziest, craziest stories, um, if I had to pick out of a hat of all the crazy stories I've experienced, is I had this um, this car, um, and I'm not going to say the name because I don't, just in case someone else has that car, I don't want to freak them out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was, you know, on the outside, it was like amazing. You know, it was beautiful. It was everything that I ever wanted. But um, one day, me and my kids, so I have three biological children, and one day we were driving home, and and we were going through kind of a a rough period in our lives, like kind of like a transition. And all of a sudden, literally the, um, the car malfunctioned, like the computer in the car. And so every time I pressed the brake, it ex- the car accelerated. So instead of it stopping, it would do the opposite. Like there was a malfunction in the computer. 
So me and my kids at the time, my boys were like 14 and 12. And then I think my daughter was like five or six or something. She was really young. So they think that I'm like, initially they think like I'm trying to like be like a race car driver. And so they're like, whoa. And I'm like, no, the car is not stopping. So we're going down like surface streets in like a residential area. And I'm like, oh my God, this car is not stopping. And so I realized like every time I I put on the brake, it actually accelerated. So I took my foot off the brake and I'm like, you know, we're believers in God. So I was just like, pray, pray, you know, so my kids are praying and I'm like, oh my God. And then I finally, I was like, okay, I have to get this car to stop some kind of way. So I, I realized once I stopped pressing the brake, it started to slow down, but we were going kind of down like a, a steep, like, inc- like decline. So it wasn't, we were going probably about 40 miles per hour. So I turned down this street really quickly. And then I turned down another street and I'm like, okay, I have to hit a curb. I have to do something to get this car to stop. And so I hit the curb and the engine like starts revving like crazy. And I tell my kids, get out. I don't know what I was thinking. Like, I don't know why I just didn't get out, but I'm like, get out, get out. And so my oldest son and all of his like selfishness and and he's like, okay. So he like jumps out and he shoots down the street. And then my two younger ones are like, no, mommy, we're not going to leave you. We're not. And I'm like, get out the car. So they finally, all of us got out the car. The neighbors, like the whole neighborhood came out and like the car was smoking. It was, it was nuts. Like it was, you know, and, and my, like looking back, it probably wasn't as bad as it was, but going through it, I felt like, oh my God, like we're going to die. Like I, I felt like this was going to be like the end. And I say, you know, sometimes our life is, representative of what we're going through because we were going through so much and it felt like every time I tried to press the brakes on something it just like life accelerated but in a negative way like it seemed like nothing was working and that is how I felt in that in that moment with that car so needless to say we're all okay (laughs) and we you know we made it out okay and we got rid of that car and then we also got rid of the crazy experiences that we were going through at that time so that was just one of the ones that really stood out to me. That must have been really scary. Like I can imagine being in that situation, especially with your kids in the car, and then your car just keeps picking up speed and trying to stop. Oh, it was it was literally terrifying. And my kids, like now, you know, they laugh about it and they're like, Mom, you were putting extras on it. And I'm like, Well, it sure didn't feel like it in that moment. Like it was scary. Yeah, and kudos to you for, like, having that clarity of mind to be like, all right, I need to, like, hit a curb to stop this car. And the fact that the curb was enough to stop it. Yeah. Because I feel like a car can just easily just jump the curb. And so, oh, my God, that's just crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was. And uh, the neighbors came out. Like I said, the car was just steaming and and going, you know, it was it was really making like this horrible, horrible noise. And so luckily, the neighbors had like a fire extinguisher, and they were able to put the car out. My oldest son was like way down the street, my two little ones were like there by me. And it was just, it was really, really scary. But I used that moment to then kind of when I started teaching my children how to drive, I kind of used it as a lesson to help them learning how to drive. Well, glad that you were safe out of the situation and nothing happened to you guys. Yeah, thank God. (laughs) So are your kids older now? Was this like a while back? 
Yeah, so this was about, oh geez, maybe like seven, eight years ago. So since then, which is why I started by saying I have three biological children. Since then, um, I've remarried and I have a total of eight kids. So me and my husband, we're a blended family. And the three that were with me, they're now 21, 19, and 14. And so I now have uh, five other bonus children and I have had the privilege to teach all of them how to drive. The youngest is eight, so he's not quite there yet, (laughs) but all the ones that are teenagers and that they are learning to drive, I've, I've been kind of like the driving instructor to teach them how to drive. Has this experience for the ones that have are, are like currently driving, has this experience affected them when they're driving? I think so. Um, my oldest, like I said, he thought it was like great. Like he thought he, he, I think in another life, he was probably a race car driver. So he thought it was like, just like exhilarating because I was literally like, you know, curving through cars because I didn't want to hit anybody. And then I was speeding down the, um, turning down streets to try to slow the vehicle down. And he now, like he, he's actually in the military where he drives for a living. That's what he does. So I think it, um, it, it was like exhilarating for him. The other ones, I do think that it caused a little bit of fear, especially my daughter. She was only like five or six. So it, it did cause her to be kind of hypersensitive whenever she um, I um, push on the brakes or anything. And then the my son that's 19 didn't really have an effect on him, but that's just kind of his personality. Not much affects him. Yeah, I had a similar situation, which was the opposite of yours. I would, in my car, I think computer system had an issue too, where I would hit the gas, but the car would just break, which I feel like I'd rather stop than accelerate, like in your case. <laughs> For sure. That's, it's so crazy how, you know, in, in our everyday life, we depend on computer systems so much, but how often they malfunction. And I don't think that we really uh, realize until we have something like that happens where like, because I didn't even know a car had a computer. Like when everyone was telling me, oh, what was the, com-? I was like, what? When, since when did they put computers in cars? <laughs> I can only imagine what will happen once driverless cars are on the road. Oh, goodness. And and here, in the, I'm in the United States, and we have a lot of uh, like Teslas, you know, where they have the drivers in the vehicle, but they the car drives itself. And every time I see that, it just kind of freaks me out. Like, oh, my God, like, what if, you know, I think of all the what ifs. I'm that mom or that person that thinks of all the what ifs. And so far, I haven't heard of anything too, you know, crazy or scary, but I'm sure that there are going to be issues of those driveless, driveless cars. Yeah, what, I'm with you there. I am also like, well, what if this happens? I I don't think I would ever get behind or in a car that was like self-drive. Yeah, me either. <laughs> so you did mention that you taught most of your kids how to drive. How was that experience? Was it very different? Yeah, it was. So my oldest son, um, he's just a natural, like anything he kind of touches, he excels at. So he was very easy. But I I waited until like to take them on the freeway or the highway for like kind of a significant moment. My kids are always like, why does everything have to be a life lesson? (laughs) But that's 
<laughs> I think that's just parenting and that's definitely my um, personality. So with my oldest son, before I took him on the freeway, there was an instance where he played sports and he was very, very good. And he decided um, not to go to a sports camp because his friends didn't go. So I was like, okay, like I was waiting for like the right moment to take him on the freeway and do like his uh, freeway driving lessons. And so he was terrified. He was terrified about going on the freeway. And he was, you know, surface streets, he would drive fine. But then once we got on the freeway, he was really scared. And so once he got on, he was like nervous and he wanted to jump right back off really quickly. And I'm like, no. And I took him like, a, you know, maybe like four or five miles on the freeway before I let him get off. And so when we got back home, I told him, you know, that's how I felt when you were being a follower. When you, So I used that experience as a life lesson about how scared he was, is how scared I was that he was going to kind of like mess up his life or you know, make bad decisions. And so from there, I said, Oh, this is perfect. Every kid that I teach how to drive, it has to be like a significant moment. Because I'm not one of those parents that does a lot of yelling, or I definitely don't believe in hitting my kids, but I do believe in teaching them. So when each of them when it was time for them to learn how to drive on the freeway, I used a moment um, where I was kind of upset at them about a decision that they made. And then I used that to teach them how driving can be scary. It could be freeing, it could be you know liberating, it could have all these positive effects, but it's also very important that while we're driving that we use caution and that we use wisdom. So, you know, I'm that mom that turns everything into a life lesson. I feel like I usually hear stories of when parents are teaching their kids that they cause a lot of anxiety, but it seems like your kids had it a little bit easier in the sense that they were just getting life lessons, but it was for the good. Yeah, for sure. Like my husband, he tried to teach the kids, but he's like one of those drivers that always has his foot on the brake in the passenger seat, you know, and you're like freaks you out more. And so the kids were just had way too much anxiety while driving with him. Where me, like I, I definitely had the fear, but I, I just think I, I um, hide it very well. <laughs> so I would just be real calm and collective and kind of, you know, just I, I'm just a teacher by nature. So I would use every experience as a teaching moment. Well, that's really good. I mean, that's a very unique way of teaching. And I think more people should do it that way. Our next question is, you did say you're in the U.S., so there's typically stereotypes that are associated with drivers that are in different areas, even in different regions of the U.S. Would you say that there are certain stereotypes about drivers in your area? Oh, my goodness, yes. So um, I, <laughs> I live in a definitely city, but it's a lot slower than, you know, whenever I say like, United States, and then people want to narrow it down. And then when I say California, the first thing that they think about is LA, right? And so I'm about two hours from LA, um, and then two hours from San Diego, which are our two like major cities. But LA drivers are crazy. <laughs> like, so you have to be able to move very quickly, be able to navigate. And I'm sure they think, you know, that people that are not from LA, that we're too slow, or we don't, you know, we're not as quick. But I, I definitely know that LA freeways are hard to navigate. And you have to be like, there is no break, like you have, it's all gas, like all gas, everyone's going like 80, 90 miles per hour. And you have to be able to know how to change to different freeways very quickly. 
Um, so I've gotten better. Um, my husband's originally from that area, so we go out there a lot. But it is definitely hard. And then uh, Southern California, where I live, compared to Northern California, like they really don't like the way we drive. There's lots of stereotypes there because they're a little, little bit more country and they're slower. And we're and so when I, I do go to Northern California or up north, it's like, move people, like, come on, let's go. Why are you guys, you know, going 75, even though that's the speed limit? I want them to go a little bit faster. I would never, I feel like I would never survive in LA with the speeds and the way you're describing the driving. That's not for me. <laughs> You can always tell when someone's like a foreigner, like to the United States as well, because we're like, what are you doing? Like, come on, move people. That's hilarious. What's really interesting is that we had someone say that they driven in L.A., but then they came and drove in D.C. because we're on we're in Maryland. And they said that D.C. was way crazier than L.A. And I was shocked because I thought L.A. would be like 10 times worse. You know what's funny? I say that my second home is Atlanta. I love, love Atlanta, Georgia. Like I've, I've been there a few times and I, I just I love the way it feels except for the traffic. Like it is times worse than LA. So when I was there, I was like, okay, I am not going to complain because traffic in Atlanta was by far the worst that I've ever seen. That's what I've heard. I guess we just lucked out when we went to Atlanta because we're like, wow, there's like no traffic here. And everyone was telling us (laughs) like, that's not the case usually. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, where did you go? I was like, I guess everyone in Atlanta went on vacation too. (laughs) For sure, you guys lucked out. Now that we've heard some of your crazy stories, let's go into what kind of driver you are. If you were given the option, would you rather be the driver or the passenger? Definitely the driver. I think if everybody drove like me, this world would be a better place. (laughs) (laughs) I I cannot, when my husband uh, drives, I'm like, I get anxious. I and I am not a great driver. Like let me just say that for the record. I just, I just prefer my driving over anybody else. It's good that you own it though. <laughs> yes, I am I, you know when I I tease my son about being a race car driver, but I was definitely the race car driver in my former life. It was definitely me. <laughs> well, that's where you probably got it from. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Have you ever been in a car where you were the passenger and you were like, oh, this was a bad idea? Yeah, with my husband. I love him dearly. He's an amazing soul, but he is a terrible driver. And he, you know, he dri- he's a construction worker, so he drives for a living. So he does a lot, a lot of driving, but I just do not like, you know, he he says that he doesn't fall asleep, but I feel like he like legit falls asleep sometimes. And I'm like, Oh, like open your eyes. And he's like, I'm just, yeah, I'm like, no, 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 no. So whenever we're together, I'm definitely always the designated driver. <laughs> well, maybe because he drives so much, he's over it. I, I think so. I think that's what it is. <laughs> so you mentioned that you were probably a race car driver in your former life. Would you say that your family and friends describe your driving in the same way? Oh, totally. So I've slowed down a lot, you know, as far as like going out and doing those types of things since I'm a mommy and all that good stuff. 
But when I did, all of my friends would want me to be the driver because like I said, LA is about an hour and a half, two hours from where I live, but I can get us there in about 45 minutes in a good day. So always say, you know, we're running late or anything. Tamika, you drive, you be the driver. Um, And most of them would just fall asleep because they preferred not to be like scared. So they, or at least they pretend to fall asleep. They close their eyes and they just let me do my thing. (laughs) And were they asleep or were they just closing it out of fright? Probably closing their eyes afraid, praying the whole way. (laughs) (laughs) This just makes me not want to get in a car with you. I promise you, I, I have a clean driving record. You're safe and under, I guess, safe with speed. <laughs> yeah. We've heard so many stories of some cities being known for honking a lot and other cities don't honk as much. Would you consider yourself someone who tends to honk? So that that's funny. That's a funny question that you asked because I, that to me, that is one of the most disrespectful things. So I do not like hunkers. Like I, I will intentionally, if someone hunks at me, because, you know, in California, everything's on this like fast pace. I don't know where everyone's going all the time where we feel like everything has to be like right here, right now. But whenever someone hunks at me, I will intentionally go slower, you know, because I I just do not, I think that it's the rudest thing that you can do. And so I am not a hunker unless it's like someone sitting at the light for like 30 seconds or like, and that doesn't even seem like that long. Right. But if it's like where they're on their phone or they're doing something, but then I'll do like a toot toot. Like I don't do that. You know, I do like a friendly, like, Hey friend, keep it moving. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. I I am similar in the way that you said that when someone honks, you tend to go slower. I feel like when someone's tailgating me and they want to like make me go faster, I tend to go slower. (laughs) For sure. I just think it's, you know, there's etiquette. And if, like I said, if everyone just drove like me, <laughs> we would be all <laughs> This would be a better world. <laughs> How hard is it for you to slow down when someone honks at you because you enjoy driving fast? It is. It takes like severe self-esteem <laughs> or not self-esteem. I'm sorry, self-control. And my kids always know like, uh-oh, she's mad. Like if I'm driving <laughs> slow, they're like, oh, she's upset. <laughs> So it it does. It takes a lot for me to drive slower. That's hilarious. I can just picture you right now. (laughs) Speaking of honking and annoying drivers, what would you say is your biggest driving pet peeve? I I would definitely say the honking is, is on the top, like top three. The other thing is just people on their phone. Like luckily, I have not had anybody close to me or I don't know anybody personally that has been affected by like text drivers. But I feel like texting and driving or being on your phone and driving is is the same as like drunk driving because it, you know, we're so just like mesmerized by our phones and our social media and things like that. So when you are not paying attention to the road, it's just as if you're intoxicated. So those those two, the hunkers and then, you know, I, I wouldn't say like hunking is more um makes me more upset than texting. I think texting is like my number one pet peeve or people just, I, I legit was uh, driving a few few days ago and someone, I mean, head fully down into his phone was not paying attention to anything. And I just thought like, gosh, you know, it's a split second that something can happen. And then we would all be in very severe danger. Yeah. When I see people on their phones and stuff, I just 
I tend to get worried and be like, I had to back away from them. But then at the same time, it's like I worry that they're going to go into someone and I had to witness that happening. It just be so scary. Right. Exactly. But I agree with you. I think the biggest thing here in Maryland is it's kind of actually surprising if you don't see someone on their phone, which is scary. Wow. But yeah, that's that's Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> well, staying on this pet peeve topic, have you ever had an instance where either you experienced road rage or someone had road rage towards you? Oh, gosh. Yes. I'm, I'm so embarrassed to say, but I have definitely come a long way in my driving and just who I am as a person. And I, you know, going back to the hunking, there was a, oh, this may have been maybe... 10, 11 years ago. So I've grown a lot. So listeners don't charge this to the old me, not the new me. <laughs> I um, was at a, a turn signal. So like at a snow, it was a stop sign. And this car behind me, I believe there was somebody in the crosswalk like turning. And so I'm waiting for that person to turn. And this car behind me was hunking. And it was actually a truck full of like three or four guys. And they're hunking, they're hunking. I literally put my car in park and jumped out the car and was like ready to fight these guys. Like I was so upset that they were honking at me. Thank goodness my kids were in the car. So they were like, mom, like, what are you doing? And I was just so furious because I thought like, where are you going that that it's you're that it's that important that you're honking at me when you can clearly see I was waiting because someone was in the um, the cross rock. So I think that was one of my very, very embarrassing moments of me experiencing road wage. Now, there are plenty of times where people kind of try to give it to me, but I don't let it affect me anymore. And my kids uh, laugh at me because I call everybody friend on the road. So I'm like, what are you doing, friend? Or why are you doing that, friend? Like when someone's really upset and they like try to curse me or something, I'm like, friend, like, let's be nice. And that's really just condescending of me being like, shut up. <laughs> Do you think that there should be some kind of, I guess, not penalty, but something like that if you over excessively honk for no reason? Yes, I think that there should be like a honking meter or something where you can you know, there could be like the friendly honk, like the, okay, I'm in danger honk. Like there should be levels to the honking. And I think if you use the wrong one at the wrong time, like your car should stop or something. There should be something. I don't know a lot about the technology and how that will affect everyone, but something should definitely happen. I saw this article once that they were testing this thing out in India, in Mumbai, because they honk like crazy there where they had at the signal this sound thing. So if the level of honking got past a certain level, the light would reset and you would have to sit there longer. Oh my gosh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm like what if we, we need some of that over here? Yes, I agree. Now that we've heard a little bit about what, about what type of driver you are, which it's good to hear that you've gotten... You've come a long way from where you were. <laughs> Let's go back to your driving first. How would you describe your first time driving experience and who was it with? So it was with my mom and it was not anything that I re recommend, which maybe that's why I'm kind of the teacher because my mom was my teacher. But she literally, so we had, um, I don't even think that they make these type of vehicles anymore, but we had one of those really big, it was maybe like a seven or eight um, passenger van, but it was the ones where like the door, like, you know, now you see them like the creepy white vans, but families used to have those type of vans. 
we had we had one of those bands and it was huge and clunky and just really hard to operate and i think i was either 12 or 13 and she just had this like epiphany that it's time to teach her so she was she pulled over and she said okay you're gonna drive and i was like what like i was totally unprepared and i was i was not i've never driven before prior to that and we lived in this complex that um, had like um, little, um, kind of like a gated community and it had like little turns and little, so for this big vehicle, this little girl driving, you know, into these small narrow streets, it was not a good idea. So I actually hit a wall. Thank God it wasn't like, there wasn't significant damage to the car or, but there was significant damage to the uh, wall. And it happened to be like the, um, the, managers apart like their their um house like i hit the wall to their house it was like a little small house, so it didn't affect their house but yeah my parents were in big trouble for that so that was my first experience driving so i think that's kind of why i do it the way i do where i just tell my kids okay it's time but i i use a little bit more wisdom than my mom did <laughs> did your mom after that moment was like all right i should wait longer before i continue to teach you no, she she continued just to push me until I got it. And I, I remember her just allowing me to take the car and she doesn't know this. So I hope she's not listening, but there's many little fender benders that I had in that big old clunky van because she would just let me take it. And I, I do remember one time going to the mall and I was trying to um, get into the turning lane and I thought I could squeeze through and I like sideswipe someone and I took off. Like I thought I was on like a high speed chase. Thank God my little sister was with me. Thank God one, that no one got hurt. And two, thank God that she never told on me because I probably wouldn't be driving today. <laughs> wow. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I've gotten better. I've gotten a lot better. <laughs> The fact that your mom just threw you into driving, just like, here you go, time to drive. Yeah, it was different times, different times. And driving that big van as your first car, I, I had to drive a van as my first car too, but it wasn't that big. <laughs> I feel like driving on a car as a first car is a lot easier as opposed to having to do all like parallel parking and all the test requirements in a van is way harder. Yeah, I agree. Is that what you took your driver's test on? And how was your driving test experience? Um, I actually took my driver's test on a smaller little vehicle. And the driving part was an ease. The hardest part for me was the um, the permit test, like the written part. That was uh, difficult. But the, the driver part, by then, I, I was actually um, late in getting my license. So I didn't get my license until I was 21. I had been driving since I was like 13 or 14 but I did not actually go to get my license, which I don't understand why, because when I was in high school, we actually had driver's ed. So we took that as like a required course. So I had my permit. I had everything. I'm not sure why my parents didn't take me to go like finish off the driver's portion. So I was late getting my uh, driver's license. I got it at 21 and I had like a little like a little bucket <laughs> that I took it in and I, I passed it with flying colors. Since you waited so long, doesn't like the permit or I don't know if like the driver's ed credit will expire or not, but like doesn't the permit expire if you wait so long between taking the test and getting the permit? Yeah, I think it's like a six month window or something like that. So I got my permit in high school, but it had uh, expired by the time I went to get my test. 
So with my kids, you know, things are a lot different now. They have to do the, I think it's six hours behind the wheel. So we do the permit, the written part first, and then you have to wait a month before you get the the behind the wheel um, with the driver instructor. So like them doing it with me doesn't count. They actually have to have an instructor that they do that with, and then they're able to take the driver's test. But it has to be done, I believe, in a six-month block. Yeah, I think that's how it is here, too. You have to do like a certain number of hours by yourself or like with your parent or whatever. And then you have to drive with the instructor also. Did you have to parallel park for your test? You know what? I didn't. And thank God I did it because then I would not have passed. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's surprising. Like how many places aren't requiring it? I know because it's such I think everywhere you go in the country, like you have to parallel part. So it's, you know, it's interesting that they didn't make me do it, but I'm grateful. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like parallel parking is one of the big reasons people fail their tests. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Do you think it's something that should be required on the test? I think so. Um, Trying to teach my kids has that has been one of the most challenging things. So I think once you once you do that, you're pretty a proficient driver. So if you can parallel park, you could pretty much take on the road. I agree. I think that is like one of the hardest things. If you can do that, (laughs) you're good. Bonus question time. Yay! If you could make one new driving law, what would it be? Oh, goodness. That is a good bonus question. I I would definitely reduce the speed limits uh, on like residential. Like right now, I think they're like 45. And I think that that's way too fast for, you know, I'm all here. Listen to me, Miss Speed Demon. I um, I want to reduce the speed limits. And I, I know it's because I have a lot of children now, but I think that that's one thing. And then I also, so in California, we have these things that are totally against the law that we call California stops, like rolling stops. Yeah, and I heard this. <laughs> We really don't stop at stop signs. And I think that that would be a great like thing. Like if there's no one coming, you should just be able to go. Like you should not even have to pretend stop or anything. Just keep going. Wow, your driving is so different (laughs) than the East Coast. I also want to point out that you said your residential speed limits are 40, 45? 40, yeah, 40. Over here, it's like 15, 20. Wow. (laughs) And I'm like, whoa, that's like a regular road speed. What are you doing? (laughs) I know. I think that they're they're, they're, uh, too fast. We need to reduce that. And how you were mentioning that if like you want to be able to not stop at a stop sign if no one's there, I feel like ever since the lockdown has been lifted, people are already doing that and doing that (laughs) at red lights instead of a stop sign. So they're just like, whatever. (laughs) That's funny. So do you have any final thoughts or any tips that you would like to give other drivers? Yeah, you know, I I think this is more a tip for uh, parents that are teaching their kids to drive. I would just say like that is like such a um, rite of passage and kind of like a cultural thing where, where, you know, once you start driving, you're giving more responsibility. So I would just say because of such the huge responsibility that's associated with driving, I think that we need to make sure that we're doing it with grace and with ease and with as little anxiety for our children as possible. So that way, 
they don't have this fear because I think most accidents and most like traffic violations happen because of fear. You know, people are just really afraid once they get behind that vehicle. And so they kind of freeze. But if you have an instructor or a parent that's teaching you that it's it's just another day, you know, be careful, of course, but don't be so stressed or full of so much anxiety. I think that it would lessen the amount of uh, car accidents that we have. That's a really great point. I think parents are also scared when they're getting behind the wheel or getting in the car when there's a new driver trying to learn because it's like you don't know what's going to happen. It's their very first time. But then at the same time, you want to be able to give them that reassurance that it'll be okay and like you don't have to be super stressed while you're learning to drive. Absolutely. Well, this was really fun listening to all your stories. Where can listeners find you? Thank you so much. So um, I am at Tamika underscore Thomas underscore. um, And that's on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Snapchat, all those places, or Tuesday with Tamika on Instagram. Thank you so much again for coming on and telling us about the LA driving style. It's very shocking. And I don't know if I ever want to drive there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you do, just get in contact with me and I'll I'll be your Uber. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm writing that down. (laughs) Her story was also something that you would just feel like you would only see in a movie where her car's computer malfunctioned. That is also just a thing you see in movies where like, oh my God, my or like Indian cereals. That's something yes. that you see. It's like, oh, oh the brakes are gone. Ah. But when she mentioned that, it reminded me of the situation I had where my car's computer had some kind of glitch or something. I thought it was because I took it in for a recent recall and they had to like upgrade something in the computer and that caused it. Yeah. Like they did something wrong because they'd never had an issue before until after that moment. But I had the issue where I hit the gas and I would my car would stop. It was like the brake. Well, I mean, that's better than hit the brake and it accelerates. Oh, yeah. And but she was also sounded like in a residential area, like not going that fast. But I was on a 55 mile per hour road. So if I had that happen going downhill. Imagine if that happened going downhill. But it's also scary. Like she had the state of mind to be like, all right, how do I stop it? How do I stop it? But also she was saying that one of her laws would be that you would reduce the speeds in residential areas. So she was already going pretty fast for a residential area comparatively here where residential areas are like 10, 15 I know, and hers was 40, 40 or 45. Yeah. She said that. I'm like, that's our. I'm like, what kind of residential area are you in? But when we went to Georgia, oh, they yeah. were also like that in the, like, I felt like neighborhood areas. Yeah. And like, okay, so here's like, you're on a road and you're like, hmm, what's this road? Oh, this feels like a 35 mile per hour road. And you're like, you're just like close. You're good. I can gauge what the speed should be. By being on the road, yeah, you know? exactly. And then, like, down there, I'm like, oh, wow, this feels like a 30 mile per hour. It's like 40. I'm like, oh, my God, we're not going to make that turn at 40. You got to slow down. Yeah, so that law makes sense. But then her other law, what I heard, was just a complete <laughs> oh opposite. Well, she okay, was- once she first started saying it, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, as I was <laughs> like, oh, that's a good one. What? <laughs> She's like, oh, the California rolling stop shouldn't be a thing. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, yeah you, you just stop. stop. <laughs> and then she's like, you shouldn't even have to stop at stop signs. And I'm like, what? I'll say, what now? <laughs> but Which now we like, know. 
I feel like people do that, though, here now. Especially, again, I keep mentioning after coming out of lockdown, people have seriously become worse drivers after the lockdown has started to lift and you can, like, go out more. People are not obeying the rules at all. Like, red lights mean nothing anymore. Stop signs mean nothing anymore. So I guess her law is kind of coming into effect. But, like, we've heard a lot this season about L.A. drivers. And it's, like, the one thing that, like, really just astounds me is that L.A. is just, like, it's all gas, no brakes. Yeah. I was like, what? And I feel like here it's, like, brake gas, brake gas. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you would think with L.A. that's such a big city and, like, you know, all the traffic you always hear about. Like, how are you all gas? You know? But at the same time, it's more open there. So I guess... But still, with all that traffic, like, how is it physically possible that you can be all gas? But we know now that if we're ever down there, we have our own Uber driver. (laughs) We know who to call. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because I would never be able to drive there. (laughs) You know, that just reminded me of Kim Possible. You know who to call. (laughs) Kim Possible. (laughs) Tamika Thomas. I don't know how to make that work. (laughs) What's the sitch? Uh, LA traffic. Thanks. Who do you call? (laughs) Tamika Thomas. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We got to work on that. That didn't work. Yeah, you got your own uh, little jingle. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was Tamika's stories. We hope you enjoyed listening to her crazy L.A. driving and her stories. (laughs) And her stories. Yes, that too. And if you have any crazy or interesting stories or know someone who has any crazy, interesting stories and would love to come on as a guest, be sure to fill out the interest form on our website at drivewithuspodcast.com. And stay tuned until the end for a sneak peek of the next episode, which as a reminder, we will not be releasing an episode next week because of Thanksgiving. So the next episode will release on December 3rd, where we will be joined by Renat and she shares with us driving in the US and Canada versus driving in Israel. Thanks for driving with us. Love this episode of Drive With Us? Leave us a review on iTunes or Podchaser and connect with us on Instagram Twitter at Drive With Us Podcast. And now, a sneak peek. After getting used to living in Canada and the US, last time we visited Israel, we were approaching the crosswalk. We were not even at the crosswalk, and we had a driver coming fast to the crosswalk 